Welcome to the G-Squared Podcast, brought to you by G-Squared Professional Training and Coaching and Anchor.com. Every episode, we'll tackle a specific topic on anything and everything professional development. We will feature a guest on every episode and get into in-depth discussions that you will not want to miss. Um, as a recruiter, I don't need to need you to give me the history of the company. I, I just need to know that you are at least aware of what it is that we do. Yeah. You know, um, please don't you're not just lining up. <laughs> please don't give us the history of the company because I've had that happen. And man, oh man. All right, everybody, welcome back to our new series on conference prep. Uh, this is the very first episode of our, I think, six to seven episodes of several topics regarding career fair prep uh, or conference prep overall. Since we got conference season coming up on us very, very soon, and I know a lot of you guys who listen to us are preparing and getting things ready. We figured, hey, let's take some time, get some of our subject matter experts on conferences in and have a good conversation with them in any regard to anything regarding conference. So for this particular episode in this series, I have with me Estelle Guzman, who actually is a recruiter for Boeing and who actually is the co-founder of G-Squared. So he's the guy next to me who's helped me get this thing going, getting this thing launched. And since unfortunately he's not local, he hasn't had the opportunity to go out and talk to various workshops, be on the podcast. But finally, as I do, you got to get on this now. People need to know you. And now he's here. So, Goose, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's good to finally be here, uh, be able to share some experiences and, and talk with you and everybody else. Um, I guess I'll do a little bit of introduction of myself. You know, I I graduated from UCF with a computer science major back in 2014, and um, you know, I've been working for Boeing ever since then. Um, I've had different positions. Uh, including, you know, being a recruiter at the SHEP conference. So I actually got hired um, at the SHEP conference in 2013 in Indianapolis. Um, and then I came back, you know, because, you know, as everybody knows, Andres and, and I, you know, we like helping out. And so I went to the conferences to get more involved. And then that's how I got all my experience with uh, with recruiting. And so now I'm here, I'm here to help, you know, see hear how I can help you guys, you know, get ahead of the curve and, you know, really make yourself stand out. Yeah, man. And and the funny thing is, is as much as much as you guys have seen me at workshops, or have seen me present or have heard me on this podcast, um, Esteban actually has a lot more recruiting and interview experience than I do. And he's done everything from behavioral to technical. So I figured he'd be the perfect guy to bring in for this series. And hopefully for all you guys who are in the process of preparing and getting things ready, you'll find some valuable information uh, coming from these episodes. So for the very first episode in this series, uh, one thing that's going to be different from our regular episodes is it's not going to be as long. We're probably going to keep it around the 15 to 20 minute, hopefully, unless uh, Stem and I start ranting about some of the experiences we've had <laughs> as recruiters. But anyway... So yeah, I want to shoot for the 15 to 20 minute uh, time frame. We're going to hit pretty much the basic stuff on these topics, get to the point, and hopefully you guys will take some value into that stuff. And as always, if you want more information, you can reach out to us at gsquaredstem at gmail.com or just find us on our website at gsquaredstem.com or on various social media platforms. All right. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about resumes. Now, as most of you have heard me say in the past, resumes for me is your ticket. 
It's the way in. It's the way to get people to look at you. It's the way to get people to talk to you. So the first thing that we want to talk about in regards to resumes is the objective. Now, I'll let Stefan get into this because I know he's seen a lot more of these than I have. But the one thing that I see constantly, constantly is a generic objective. And I'm talking, there's nothing wrong with that, but one of the things that I always tend to see is the looking to obtain an internship to heighten my skills in the engineering field type of stuff. And I'm like, that's great, but guess what? Everyone at this conference is looking for the exact same thing. So what are you looking for specifically in my company that will make me want to hire you? So Sam, what do you Right, think? and you hit on a great point, actually. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, the objective is, is so important because, you know, just, just off the bat, when I, when I look at a resume, I go for the objective. And what I'm trying to see from an objective is, have you done some research on the company? Do you know what you're applying for? Do you know the positions that we may have available for your specific field? Um, what it is that you're trying to get out of the internship or full-time position? Um, and it doesn't have to be really long or specific. It's very specific in detail. It just does. It just cannot be generic because, uh, Andres, like you just mentioned, you know, everybody's there for the specific purpose of getting a job. You know, and I'm I'm there as a recruiter to hire you. You know, so I don't need to see that. Um, oh, you want to hide your skills and you want to you know have leadership experience. Yeah, but how? How is it that you want to do that? What is it that you want to get out of this? Um, because, you know, just straight um, from the beginning, I'm looking for someone that not only is going to want to get something out of the company itself, but also that I can, you know, get something um, out of their, their skills um, and help them grow and help them, you know, um, go into whatever field it is that they want to do specifically. You know, because there's so much stuff going out, so much stuff to do out there um, that if you're just generic, I don't really know what you're passionate about. Very true. And, and what I always tell students is that if you know of a position you're applying for, try to use keywords in those job descriptions and sprinkle that somewhere, not only in your objective, but all over your resume. Because as, as I've said many, many times, the majority of the time, these resumes get stuck into a machine. And these machines are programmed to look for those specific keywords. And if they're not in there, your resume is just going to end up in the pile of no resume, you know, no hire type of stuff. Okay, so always keep that in mind. And right. if you don't have a position, look at the mission statement of the company. Look for the values of the company. Use those words and put that in your objective. Um, right. We we want to know that you know that you've at least done some research on the company. I, I don't need to um, as a recruiter. I don't need to need you to give me the history of the company. I, I just need to know that you are at least aware of what it is that we do. Yeah. You know, um, please that don't, you're not just lining up. <laughs> please don't give us the history of the company because I've had that happen. And man, oh man, it's depressing. Because <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like we get it. You're trying your best, but don't don't overdo it. All right. Um, so yeah, the next subject in regards to resume is education. Now, education. The big thing that everyone thinks about is GPA, okay? And right. if 79 have a very good good history with GPA in the sense of that we have a good GPA. But, <laughs> but I don't know about Stellan, but for me, as shy as I was and as embarrassing as it could have been at times, I did not hide it. Why? Because I was going to get asked anyway. So Correct. if you don't have Correct. a good GPA, put it on there anyway. 
Why? Because you're yes. going to get asked. And the best thing you can do is explain why you don't have a BGP. Okay. Right. Exactly. So, you know, that's, that's a very good point. It's actually better for you to have your GPA. Um, even if you don't have a good GPA, it's better for you to have it there because um, it's one of the requirements um, as a company when you go to hire people um, to ask for a GPA. So if I have to go out of my way to ask you for a GPA, it immediately gives you the um, it, it, it gives you an idea that the student is, high, is hiding something, you know, so it's better to be upfront about it because then that gives me the idea. It's like, okay, you may not have a good GPA, but you're still putting it here. So you must have a story. You must have a reason why this is here or why this happened to you or why, you know, maybe you didn't do so well in a couple of classes because we all have personal uh, things going on in life uh, and you may have gone through it. But if I have to try to get it out of you um, because it's a requirement for me, to ask that question, then I'm already thinking that there is something to be hidden about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and then the thing too is, is if you hide it, it clearly states that you're not being honest. And the one thing that I always say is you gotta be honest because as a recruiter, and I'm, I'm sure Stellan can attest to this, after doing this for many, many times, we start becoming good catchers of BS. You know, we know when you're kind of lying. That's correct. Yeah. Body language says a lot, all this kind of stuff. And if you have a bad GPA, don't try to oversell the fact that you have a bad GPA. You state it, you tell us why you didn't have a good GPA, and you just keep going. And I understand that the majority of the time, as soon as they see your GPA, they're going to be like, no, thank you. Sorry, you don't meet the requirement. Don't get discouraged. We've all gone through it. Just go to the next person and just keep on going. Okay. Um, right. You got to keep fighting for it. You know, we all struggle. Um, it's just the main point of the GPA is, is you know, that there are requirements, you know, and you, you do need to work hard to keep your GPA up and your education, your classes going strong, you know, but if for some reason you didn't have a good GPA, that's, that's okay. I mean, we're still people, but we still, but we need to know about it, you know, so. Yeah. So next subject is work experience now i know many of you might not have any right it's just starting off you got things going but this is mainly for the people who might have already work experience and i'm not just talking about internships or anything if there's anything that you've done that you feel that could be used in a way to show some of your your interpersonal skills like teamwork or leadership or problem solving this is an opportunity to put that stuff in there um Stan, what are some of the highlights you've seen when it comes to work experience like what are the things that you really look for when it comes to that, does it have to be engineering related? Can it be anything really? Um, so a lot of this, uh, when you're going through the work experience, I'm looking mainly for um, how relevant is your resume towards the position that you are applying for. You know, and so if if you are an I don't know mechanical engineer, you know, and, and, and you're apply, you're applying for for Boeing. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking to do more like aerospace and things like that. Um, that's what I'm going to start looking for. And and, and I don't. It doesn't have to go um, super in debt. It's that you know you, it needs to be relevant to what it is that you're applying for, as well as you need to be able to talk about it. So, don't necessarily write two paragraphs on 
you know, how it is that you did this project and what happened and all this stuff. Is I, I need just some bullet points that would get you talking, that would make it known to the recruiter that, oh, this is what I did. And then you need to be able to talk about it. And, and so what I would recommend, honestly, to anyone is, is order your resume depending on relevancy um, more than, you know, um, I mean, it is also important to, to have it your most recent be the top, but it needs to make sense to the relevancy of the position. Yeah, and a lot of that, when it comes to, to chronologically have the most recent, what I also like to tell students is that, because the thing is too, there's a lot of recruiters and they all have their own way of looking at resumes and a majority of the time they do want the more recent thing. But what I like to do is during my elevator speech, which we're gonna talk about in the next episode in the series, is really, Talk about the ones I know are relevant to the company. You know, maybe mention right, the other correct. stuff, but then yeah, just go right, right into yeah. that stuff. Just like go for it. But again, we'll talk about that in the next episode. But work experience, like Esteban said, anything that's relevant, and as we mentioned earlier with the objective, if there's keywords in the mission statement of the company, keywords in the actual position itself, put that in there, man. Because if you don't, I mean, it's great. We're looking at your resume, but honestly, as a, as a recruiter, as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm scanning your resume and I'm looking for those keywords. And if I see them, you're more likely to be someone I'm going to continue to talk to. And I would want to know more about if there's a keyword that stuck out, you know, in some sentence of your professional experience or leadership or whatever it may be. And um, I would want to talk about it, you know, because, it, you know, we go through hundreds of resumes um, that we are listening to you, we are paying attention, but we're also scanning, you know? And so, um, don't, you know, we'll talk about the elevator speech later on, but don't think that we're not listening just because we're looking at the resume. We're actually doing both at the same time. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next part of the resume is school related projects. Now I want to talk about this specifically because lately I've been mentoring a lot of people. And now since conference season is coming, I'm kind of looking at resumes. I'm kind of trying to gather as much as information I can from these individuals and understand what they have to work with to help them prepare for these conferences. And the one thing that they seem to always forget is school-related projects. And sometimes you'd be surprised how many, how much relevance those things have when it comes to looking for a job. Um, so, Esteban, school-related projects, go. <laughs> Well, projects are um, in, very important because I mean it, it just it just shows what you've learned in school, you know, and it shows it shows um, not only what you've learned, how you've worked with people. Um, a lot of these projects, you know, are group based, you know, so it, it it is going to bring conversations up about how you interact with other people, about how. Um, you overcome certain things uh, just because everybody's so different, you know, and so we really want to get a, a feel for the type of person, the type of worker, you know, what you know. So projects are very important because of that aspect. It shows what you know as well as how you interact with others. You know, and I know Andres, you, you've also been through so many projects yourself that you know that um, a, lot of, a lot of the time, you know, we're looking for um, how people work with each other. You know, you spend so much time at work with these people that you know we really want to get a feel for the type of the type of worker that you are. 
Yeah, and, and, and I know a lot of you guys who are just starting out may not have any internship or any work-related experience, but the school projects are a good alternative to any of that. Um, even if it's something as small as maybe you did an intro to whatever engineering class and, and you were involved in building a small motor boat, whatever. You know, if there's anything you did that helped show your skills, that shows what you accomplished in that project, as small as it can, put it in there. If it shows interpersonal skills, like Esteban mentioned, teamwork, leadership, all that kind of stuff, put it in there. Um, right. It, 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 does, it does follow into the, you know, how it is that you were part of that, you know, and what it is that you did, what it is that you accomplished. And a lot of that um, should come naturally as you're talking, but projects are actually very important, not only just work experience, but projects, because it shows, you know, if you've had initiatives, if, if you've what it is that you learn from your classes, you know, um, did you pay attention in class, you know? So it's, it's actually actually very important and specific, especially if you do not have the work experience, you know, if you don't have the work experience, then please put as many projects as you've done, uh, because then that's going to show some of your relevant experience from those projects. Yeah. All right. So the next thing is, uh, leadership. Now, as always, some people tend to forget about this type of stuff, but this is something that a lot of people actually do look into. Are you a leader? Are you, are you involved? Can you be engaging? Are you able to work on things that not necessarily are engineering related, but you can show a little bit of your personality, maybe the way you work with other people? Um, and as Devin and I know, you know, we've been heavily involved in several organizations, Shep being one of the main ones, and obviously we've had leadership. Esteban was actually my vice president when I was president of the Shep chapter here at my university. And so we know all about this. But as a, from a recruiting standpoint, it's a highlight. It doesn't hurt it to is. have. It definitely is a highlight. Um, it is something that it should never be overlooked. Um, as students, you, you know, anybody looking for a job, you should really be um, outgoing. It, it, it shows – it's just a personality. It shows if you're a leader. It shows um, – how you work with others, um, and spe it's, it's talking specifically resume. The one thing that I will say, um, especially for you know the sub conference coming up, and given that you know we were hired at sub conferences, and you know um, because you're going to a sub conference, just putting on your resume that you have a leadership position and not explaining what it is that you did is completely going to it, it, it is going to hinder you because there is so many chapters out there and so there is a ton of presidents ton of vps a uh, ton of com community outreach uh, spots and so we want to know how it is that you um interacted you know yeah what are you doing differently than everyone else what are you trying to improve are you taking initiatives like, what is your what is the point of you becoming a leader because, and I've said this before, is the experience I had is as when I was when I was a student and I was president of my ship chapter, I went to the ship conference and I went to a recruiter for General Mills and I was thinking, well, I got the president on my resume. This is going to be a great opportunity to kind of get something, right? Well, one of the first things she said was, well, I mean, you're president, but I don't see anything in here that you're saying that, that you're doing differently, that you're trying to improve. And even though I was, all I had done on my resume was just put the description of the position. But she told me straight right. out. You're at a chef conference. I guarantee you there's hundreds of other ship presidents here. What are you doing differently? And I was like, ah, oh, crap. 
So, right. <laughs> so that's something I always tell people. If you're taking a leadership role, try to stand out a little bit. Do something different. You know, do it because you care, obviously. But that's actually very important. I, I was actually on that, on that topic. You know, being on being in a conference like the Shark Conference, right? You know, you you're there. Yeah, you're there for a job, but a lot of people are also there because they are good leaders. They are, you know, they, they like to be involved. You know, and so um, it's important that whatever position that you have or whatever position you put on your resume, you're also passionate about it, and uh, you're not just there for the title. Because we as recruiters can definitely tell when somebody is there because they care or they just put it on their resume because oh, it's gonna look good on my resume. Yeah. Okay, so the last thing we'll touch on in regards to um resumes is skills so you know this obviously varies depends on the person um, I usually like to put the skills I feel relevant to the position I'm applying for so for example if I'm working for a defense company right I put like I'm a US citizen I'll put that I may or may not have a clearance maybe or I'm working in different softwares that that particular industry uses that I'm aware that they use or if you're working at, a, at, a, at an industry that may have Let's say healthcare, put in some of the softwares you may right. learn in school. Because I know as an undergrad in IE, I learned a lot of software that had to do a lot with healthcare, uh, things like Flexum and other stuff like that. But um, what about you, Stephen? What are some of the skill sets, let's say, for a computer science person that you kind of look for? Um, so skills are actually very important because um, I have I have talked to recruiters before that um, they actually look at those first. You know, a, a lot of the time, especially with, with technical um, positions, like for example, a computer science position, I want to know which languages you know. Um, do you know Java? Do you know C? Do you know what object oriented is? Do you know um, how, uh, what an ID is? And if here in the in the podcast, if you're listening and you don't know what that is, that's okay. <laughs> but um, but. Um, if you don't know, if you know the type of stuff, I want to know about it because I want to know um, what what skills do you have that could make the transition into your new job easy, you know. And so, if you already know how to program and you know these types of languages, then great. I may have, I may not have a, you know, for example, um, a position right here, but I know someone that has the position that needs those skills, you know. And so a lot of the time that, that, that actually plays a big part on, you know, what it is that you know, because if you already know that, whatever it is that I may need to teach you in your position, then it would be a lot easier because you already know the basics and you already showed me your basics just from, you know, telling me your skills on your resume. Yeah. And one thing I always tell people, if you've used these skills in your experience, they better be somewhere in the actual resume. You know what I mean? Because I'll be looking for those skill sets that you mentioned into the actual resume, maybe at an internship, maybe at a school project. Um, and if you don't have any skills like the ones we mentioned in regards to your particular major, things such as Microsoft Office Suite. But one thing I always tell people, don't just put Microsoft Office Suite. Put what in Microsoft Office Suite you actually know. Do you know Microsoft Access? you know Microsoft Project, ETO, that kind of stuff? Um, I think what else is skill set? I mean, it really varies. That's actually very important. You actually mentioned a very important thing, you know. Uh, it's important to, you know, uh, we work with computers, so it's it, it, it's easy to overlook it, 
and just put Microsoft Office. Uh, but it's actually very important to show which ones you know, because um, there it, it, it is different different softwares, and so you know if you if you know Word very well, great, you know Excel, great, uh, but maybe you have no access, and that's okay. But don't just put all of them if you don't really know how to maneuver yourself through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's see. I think we've covered the basics in resumes. Um, like I said, we're trying to keep this short and straight to the point. Um, I'm trying to think what else. So again, as, as an overview, your resume, I know there's a lot of templates out there, and I know there's a lot of, of, of places that you can go to that kind of tell you the right way of doing resumes. But in my personal opinion, there's no such thing as a perfect resume. There's just good resumes and there's just bad resumes. And your job really is, is to really make sure your resume shows who you are. From a professional standpoint, and all, and honestly, as as, as an individual, as a teamwork person, um, because like I always tell people, your resume is half the battle, and that's what we're going to talk about in our next episode, which is the other half is the elevator speech. So, and I will say, and I will say, um, you know, a lot of people know this, but please keep your resume to one page, um, and not only to one page, but please keep it clean. I know, I know that everybody knows that you. Um, that um, you know, we have to keep it to one page, and then you have to put your relevancy and everything that we talked about here. Um, but also, the aesthetic of your resume is 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 important too, because the organization and how it is presented. You know, if it's easier easier for the recruiter to go through it very quickly, pick up pick up those you know keywords and be able to talk to you about your resume fairly easy. That's really going to help you. You know, if if the recruiter is, is struggling to read through your resume because you try to compile like all your relevant information but you had a lot that you were trying to like get it into one page that's not really good you know so um you know just try to keep it clean you know and keep it short to what it is that you want to talk about uh of course put your experiences but yeah it's it's aesthetics is also important it may be overlooked and if you're struggling to keep it to one page, I do something called what I like to call a resume closet, which is my overall everything I've ever done in resume. Everything I've ever done is on this resume. And the reason I call it my closet is because as you can imagine if you're you know, get, getting up in the morning, you're going to go change. Obviously, your day is different. Maybe something you're doing is different. You're going to wear something different. So whatever company I'm talking to, I'm going to take from my resume closet and take the experiences I know are relevant into that, re to that resume. And to make sure that I stay into that one page limit. And within my resume, I, during like on my top or my name and my address and all that stuff, is, I put a link or a QR code to my LinkedIn profile. I know my LinkedIn profile has everything. If I can't explain everything, I tell them, hey, by the way, there's a lot more in my LinkedIn. You can follow it at the link or my QR code. And going back to the aesthetics, spell check, spell check, spell check. And the other thing besides spell check, look at bullet points. I know it's a tendency to put periods, but it's it's actual presentation yes. etiquette to yes. not put periods in bullets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a habit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a habit. I get it, but do not put periods after bullets because bullets are technically statements, not necessarily Correct. a whole sentence. I, they might come off as that, but you know, it's, it's it's presentation etiquette. So try to try to learn those little things and apply them to your resume so you can get your resume to the top shape it can be. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So one last thing, because it just came to my mind. How do you feel about resume paper? 
like it. Um, I personally, I personally like it. It means that you are going, um, you know, above and beyond to make your uh, resume presentable. And you know, like I, like I mentioned, because we were, you know, the last point that I made was the the aesthetic of the resume. That's that's actually very, very important. We handle so many resumes um, that. It's, it's very important to have a resume that, I, you know, if I have to write on something, I can just write on it. And resume paper is, is very sturdy. Um, it shows that you care. You know, it shows that you're just not just handing me a piece of paper. Um, and it's, it's, it's also easier to transport. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes, I mean, they get, we have so many, right, that, you know, they, they sometimes could get crumpled up or, you know, they, they could get uh, uh, misplaced. And we don't want that to happen. You know, yeah. so, um, and it, it doesn't happen often, but it could happen. And I've heard of cases where resumes have been lost, you know, and so um, we don't want that to happen to you. Um, so I personally feel that resume paper would really help you out with that. Um, yeah, because the reason I ask is because many students have asked me, like, if you're going to a conference like Chef, for example, or SWE that's happening this weekend, they feel that, um, like, all right, do I print out 100 resumes in resume paper? I always just tell them, listen, I get it that it can be expensive, but if you know there's at least 10 companies you are guaranteed to hit, and you've done the research, you've done everything possible to prepare, those are the ones you, I would focus on getting resume paper for. Correct. Maybe yes. not, not just one for the company, several, because you know you would want to talk to many people at that company to network and do all that kind of stuff. But at least right. get resume paper for those focused ones so you show that you're dedicated to work for those particular companies. Right, I would I would 100% agree on that. I think the ones that you really want to hit on, those should have resume paper. Uh, don't go spending a fortune, uh, really, you know, getting 100 resumes on resume paper for every company that you're going to apply for because, you know, we also have to be um, truthful that if you go to some X company that you've never heard of and, you know, you apply because maybe, for example, you want to... Um, practice, uh, that's not really worth it to you to, to have resume paper. You know, you really want to go above and beyond for where it is that you want to work. You know, we were talking about resume paper, but that's not the most important thing. I mean, it helps, but your resume, what says on the paper is the most important thing. So yeah, I just want yeah. to make it clear because I don't want people listening to this yeah, to just go and spend fortunes, and, you know, because of the resume paper and because we talk about aesthetics at the end of the podcast, you know? Yeah, so. and, yeah. At the end of the day, it's really what it counts. It's like, if I see a person who had a good resume paper, but they didn't have a good, a good resume, I'm more likely going to go with the person who had a good resume on a normal piece of paper. Right. Yeah. So exactly. always, it, it all comes hand in hand, guys. Keep that all in mind. Um, right. So yeah, just to close it off, again, this was about resumes. If you want further help or assistance, we do do resume critiques at G-Squared, so you can reach out to us again at gsquaredstem.com or gsquaredstem at gmail.com. Um, Esteban will be joining me in the next episode for Elevator Speeches, so we're gonna pretty much continue where we left off here and I'll go into further detail about how do you talk to your resume. So once again, thank you, bro. Appreciate it as always, and until yeah, next time. Until next time. See you later.